Hackleman here, otherwise known as the Pitmaster, a trainer of uh, UFC champions and champions in life alike. And you are listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half of your host, Justin Williams. And you know I'm never alone, bro. I got the man, the myth, the legend with me, the one that helps write every NFT article. If you haven't subscribed yet, go to our website, prosportspodcasters.com. Join our newsletter, and he'll teach you how to make money off NFTs. Currently, he's rocking so rare. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Colbert Durant. Kobe, how you doing? Good, buddy. I'm good. And if you haven't yet, check out my most recent article on the website, www.prosportspodcasters.com, where I tell you why UFC Strike is the NFT, sports NFT, to purchase right now. And we're going to talk some UFC 290, right, Justin? Oh, my God. I'm so excited for this card. Like, literally, the prelims and the main card, could you can separate them, have, like, UFC 291 be the prelims. Like, it's just so good. <laughs> so excited to watch this. Oh, it makes my nipples hard. Yeah, I agree with you, man. This is stacked. This card is absolutely stacked. And like you said, you could make two cards of this, and they'd probably both have been better than UFC 289. The only thing that saved 289, number one, was the complete dismantle of Bilal Dariush. And it, like, was he really that good? We could probably do an episode on that, and was he really that good? And number two was Amanda Nunes, quote-unquote, retirement. But anyways, we're getting off track now. Kobe, who would you like to start with? Do you want to start uh, with Alonzo Menafield and uh, Jimmy Crute? Yeah, let's let's begin with the rematch. I've been looking forward to this one. Oh, so as you said, it is a rematch, right? These two met back at UFC 285, and it was a draw. But it was such a good bout. Sorry, 284. It was such a good bout. Oh, my God. Let me, let me run down the tail of the tape real quick, okay? So Alonzo, he's 35 years old. He, well, they're fighting the light heavyweight, so it's 205 for anybody who may be new. His height is six feet, so he's a little shorter than me, but his reach, Kobe, his reach is 76 inches. 76 inches. That's insane, bro. Guy's got wings for days. His record is 13-3-1. We know what that one is, obviously being the draw to Jimmy Crute. And currently, he's on a two-fight win streak, both in the UFC, both first-round wins. His most recent one was to Misha, and his second one was to Askar. Just absolutely dismantling people. Yeah, Metafield is powerful. Like, that's, that's it in a word, right? He's got that knockout power. And, yeah, his last fight against Misha Serkinov looked very impressive. Shout out to our Canadian Misha Serkinov, who's a veteran of the sport. And Metafield's become a veteran of the sport, too. He's got a lot of fights in the UFC. But that fight, last fight against Jimmy Crute, that was a war. It was maybe fight of the night on that particular card, and yeah. we'll get a chance to re-see it. What, what do you think about this particular matchup? Well, I think it adds a little more drama to it, because check this out. So for Jimmy Crute, okay, he is also 12, 13, and 1. He's 27, so he has the age advantage on him. Again, light heavyweight. His height, though, is six foot two. His wingspan is 74 inches, okay? 
like I said, 12, three and one. So very similar records, but Kobe, he's on a two fight losing streak. And we know what happens at the UFC. If you're not a main star and you hit that third loss, you're kind of out of here. So his last two losses, one of them was to Jamal Hill, which is, you know, a noble thing to lose to, but it was less than 50 seconds on a UFC fight night in round one. And then his other loss was to Anthony Smith. Now this one has a bit of a catalyst behind it because it's a doctor stoppage on a left leg injury. So that was in round one, and that was 261 Usman versus Masvidal. So he took some time off. He took some time off to recover. But I don't know, dude. Like, this is a bit of drama. If Jimmy Crute loses, we might see him fight in Bellator, which arguably might not be bad for his career. Now, I think the biggest difference in this particular fight is the venue, to be honest. So the, the last fight took place in Australia, right? It's Jimmy yeah. backyard. And I think that may have swayed at least one of the judges to see it in his favor, right? You've got a tendency for UFC judges when it's a close fight to lean the hometown fighter's way. And that's more a result of the reactions of the crowd than it actually is yeah. what happens inside the octagon. So this fight taking place in Vegas, I think that plays a huge part here. And I'm leaning Menafield. I, I, I think he's going to get the win. Oh, so am I. I love Menafield. He's more of that veteran, like you said earlier, like counter striker. He's like, yeah, I'll let you flail. But the second your gas tank starts going low, that's when he puts the nose down and makes you sleep. All right. What fight we got next? Oh, next we got uh, Marcin per Brachnio. Brachnio. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know me and my <laughs> non-North American last names. <laughs> and then we have Vitor Petrino. Petrino? Petrino. Petrino, yeah. Petrino, there you go. So we have these two bad boys coming up. Uh, we're going to start with Marcin first, who is 16 and 6. He is 34 years old, fighting the light heavyweight at 205. His height is 6'3". His wingspan is 74, hailing from Poland. He's on a current one-fight win streak. Uh, that was in the UFC. And his last fight before that was canceled. Before that, he lost to uh, Felipe Linz. That was unanimous decision, so it went the distance. And then he won against Ike, oh my God, Villanova. Yeah, Villanova with a body kick in round two. So he has a bit of a wish-washy career. He was on a three-fight losing streak in the UFC and somehow managed to keep his job. So, I mean, there's hope then. But now he's on a bit of a win-loss streak. He can't keep it consistent right now. Now, that was during the pandemic too. He did fight a lot during that. It was all 2020 and 2021. So that could have affected his training camp, but you know. Losses are losses, bro. Yeah, I mean, he's not a bad fighter. He doesn't really have the perfect build to be a light heavyweight. I think Vitor Petrino gets this fight because he's undefeated. It'll only be, his, I think, his second fight in the UFC, if I remember right. And the UFC is looking to potentially build him up. So they're putting him against more of a veteran fighter who isn't a superstar by any means. But it'll be more of a test for Petrino. Mm -hmm. I mean... Procneo isn't an easy guy to take out. So this is a fight that could go either way. I'm certain the UFC would like to see Vitor Petrino get the win here just to advance his undefeated status. So because of that, I'm leading Vitor. Now, I'm glad you mentioned this because check this out. So Vitor is 8-0. All right. He hails from Brazil, 25 years old, light heavyweight, six foot two, 77-inch wingspan. Mm -hmm. But technically, he's on a 10-fight win streak. Because they're counting his last two amateurs as pro, depending on where you go and look. So okay. a bit of misinformation here. So we're going to go with just 10 for now because that's what it says. 10-fight win streak. 
His last, so technically, yes, his last win was in the UFC, unanimous decision. So he couldn't put it away against Anton Turkaj, which is cool, which is fine. Very, very tough. He was 7 0 going into this. But but if you want to go, technically, he has a 1.5 fight in the UFC on the contender series against Rodolfo Bellato, who was 6 0 at the time. Oh, sorry, 8 1 at the time. So and he won with a left hook ground strike. So Buddy had him on the ground and left hooked him to victory, which is nasty. I actually remember watching that. That was dirty. I've never seen a hook win a fight before on the ground. See, no, Probably, I, don't, I don't count the contender series fights. To me, they're not UFC fights yet because you get some also rants in in those particular matchups. Sometimes you get like we refer to him as the tomato can. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how. I'm not going to say anything bad about his opponent there because I don't know enough about it. But I just I don't I don't count them as much as an actual UFC fight. There's a big difference between the two, so. We'll see. This is a tough matchup, but again, like I'm saying, I'm going with Vitor. I think he's gonna he's gonna keep the O. Yeah, I think he's going in all the way. My money's on Vitor, but I'm gonna say it goes to decision. Okay. Not gonna be a yeah. Okay. Done. All right. There you go. Which one do you want to cover next? Ooh, people I can actually pronounce. Jack <laughs> uh, <laughs> de Melina and uh, Sean Brady. This fight oh my god, this fight is so exciting. Okay, so we're start with Jack. Jack is fourteen and two. He's fighting in the welterweight division, so he's 170 pounds, five foot eleven, and his wingspan is 73 inches. Okay, mm-hmm. he's currently on a 14 fight win streak. Yeah, just absolute. So he made some mistakes, and then he corrected those mistakes. He, he's a, he's a definition of a guy who's like, I need to fail before I can be perfect. Literally him, and just running through his last three fights, Kobe, first one against Randy Brown, rear naked choke win. Round one uh, against Danny Roberts. Round one again by punches. All right. And then again in round one against Remazan. Don't, I, I didn't see this fight actually. Against Remazan, he won by liver punches. Yep. So this guy can submit you. This man can punch you in the face. And this man, is just, he doesn't basically, only once has he gone to decisions. But most likely he's going to clock you right in the snozz. Kobe, what do you think? Well, you know how I think about Jack Della Maddalena. So, Jack Della Maddalena was on my fighters to watch list coming mm-hmm. into 2023. Yep. In one of our most recent interviews with Rob Nakamura, we all chose one fighter to watch for <laughs> the year, for the next year. <laughs> did. I yep. chose Jack Della Maddalena. All right. I, I am on, I am the, the captain of the Jack Della Maddalena friggin' hype train. <laughs> I, I am a believer in this guy. I think he's a legitimate welterweight contender. And it's almost as though his power comes as a surprise to him. There's a couple of a fight, couple of those fights you mentioned where when he took out his opponent, it looked like he was surprised he took him out. Like he doesn't even right. understand how much knockout power he has. And it's not a matter of just brute strength. He isn't built that way. This is just proper technique. He has excellent technique, and that's what takes out opponents. And I think he's actually more of a, a ground specialist, which we will probably see against Sean Brady. And that's the thing. This is no joke of an opponent. His last fight was no joke. A lot of people were leaning toward Randy Brown in that fight. And I'm like, no way. Jack Della Madalena is just too good. Randy, Randy Brown is a dangerous opponent, but he isn't as, as technically perfect as Della Madalena. And that was the difference. And now he's facing exactly. a guy who has quite the pedigree okay this is this is an opponent that 
is no easy win whatsoever. No. He's a little more chaotic, I'd say, than Della Maddalena. He, he comes in a little more fired up in fights. Della Maddalena looks very relaxed in the cage, mm-hmm. which is something else that I think is, it kind of surprised me at first. So his only loss, Tom Brady's only loss is against Bilal Muhammad. Like, again, no joke. And that's that's it, right? So Bilal Muhammad is the blessed one right now. He's 21 and three. So he, like Bilal's a veteran in this game and he knows how to kind of do what he wants to do with you. Now check this out real quick. So just comparing the tail of tape. So Sean is 30. He's a welterweight as well. Five foot 10. His reach is only 72 and a half inches. So he's a bit of, bit of a shorter kind of reach. Mm-hmm. He has one loss right now, which is obviously to Bilal, which is no, like nothing to be ashamed of at all. But here's the thing, Kobe, our boy right here, Mr. Brady competes in grappling tournaments. Yep. He's a ground specialist. He is a ground specialist. So he has wins over Michael Ciesa, uh, obviously lost to Bilal Muhammad. He's beaten Jack Matthews and he's beaten uh, Christian Aguilera, which is all great names to have in your record. But when it comes to grappling, I don't know who these people are. I don't know who Ben Saunders is and I don't know who Craig Jones is. But <clears throat> for him to get round one wins and decisions, bro, this guy has a gas tank for days. Ben Saunders is, Just is, ab- is tough, man. Ben Saunders is no joke. Ben Saunders is a bigger fighter, too. So is he? Okay. that's an impressive grappling win. He's also got a win over Court McGee, okay, former the yep. Ultimate Fighter champion. And if you want to find out a little more about Court McGee, you should check out another one of our past interviews where we talk to Coach John Hackleman, the coach of Chuck Liddell, Wilbur Teixeira, and of course, Court McGee. All right, shall we move on to a fighter? Like, this fight I'm actually very, very excited about. You got to make a pick. <sighs> Do I have to? I don't want to. These are too good. You got to make the pick because it's obvious I'm going to go with Jack Della Maddalena because I've been touting him for a few years now. So you've got to make the pick here. Do you think he's got the skills to beat Sean Brady or do you think Sean Brady's ground game is going to stifle his knockout potential? Okay. I'm going to go with Sean Brady. Oh. Um, but I'm going to go with Sean Brady on the caveat that this fight stays on the ground. If Sean Brady can get it to the ground, it's his. If it's going to be a boxing match, it's Jack's. But I do think Sean Brady is stocky enough to get it to the ground. He's smaller. He's going to shoot more. He's going to do what he needs to do. He's going to take it to the ground. Sean Brady by round three submission, I guess. Okay. I mean, I'm certain Jack Delamalana will have studied the Bilal Muhammad fight with Sean Brady and saw how Malal, Bilal got the win. And he basically got the win by refusing to accept the takedown, right? Yeah. Every time Sean Brady shot, if he even got him to his ass for a second, he'd pop right back up. So the key here is to never accept the takedown, fight the takedown, and land when you can. I'm still going with Jack. You know I'm going with Jack. I just think he's too damn good. And that's totally fair. I totally get it. All right. Let's take a look at a real veteran. Mr. Robbie Lawler. Yes. Versus Nico Price. All right. So, Robbie Lawler, if you're new to this channel, it's all cool. It's all cool. Mr. Lawler is a veteran at 29 wins, 16 losses. And I'll be like, oh, my God, 16 losses. How is he good? Keep in mind, bro. He's 41 years old. All right. He should have stopped a long time. (laughs) Right, exactly. Okay. And he's 5'11", still making weight at welterweight, just absolute beast. A wingspan to 74. He's currently on a one-fight losing streak, and that was to Brian Barberena. Losses by TKO. He beat Nick Diaz recently. He's lost to Neil Magny, which, again, we just saw Neil win this past weekend. 
He lost to Colby Covington, who is a uh, definitely a contender. He's lost to Ben Askren, but he's also beaten people like Donald Cerrone, Rory McDonald, Matt Brown, Bobby <clears throat> Volker. Man has just been everywhere. He's beaten the best. He's lost the best. He Frank Trigg, he's an absolute legend of the sport and put some respect on this man's name. His opponent, though, Nico Price, this kid is 15 and 6, age 33, again, welterweight, 6 feet, has a massive 76-inch wingspan. Holy crow, dude. Guy's a monster. Now, his last loss was to Philip Rowe, but he's beaten Alex Oliveira. He's lost to Michael Pereira. He lost to Vincent Luque. He's beaten James Vick, Tim Means, and Randy Brown. So he's a bit of a middle of the road kind of deal, bit of a bit of a gatekeeper. I think this is great. For, I think this is a great fight, just because Nico Price can almost see how his career is going to stack up, what needs to change, versus the veteran Robbie Lawler is going to come in and maybe teach him some new tricks. Kobe, I'm going to be honest with you. Do you think this is a retirement match for Robbie Lawler? I mean, it could be, but it feels like this guy will never retire. You talk about the wars he's been in. And he smiles yeah. at the end, right? His face is ground chuck, and he's smiling, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. And I mean, it, it, Nico Price. There was a time where Nico Price looked like he could be a a true contender, but then every time they try to move him up in competition, he'd take the L. And quite yeah. often, he'd take the L because he'd get caught in these these brawls where he he just. He seems to lose all of his technique and he just starts in this toe to toe exchange and he tends to lose those. And those are exactly the kind of fights Robbie Lawler likes. He likes it when it becomes a brawl. He makes every fight a brawl. So I, I think Lawler's going to get the win. And if he does, it'd be a pretty interesting way to, to go out, right? You go out with the W, but I just don't know if, if Price is a big enough name to, to make it worthwhile. I'll put it that way. That's very true. That That is true. I mean, you should have gone out with the Nick Diaz fight, but I think Robbie wants to get to 30. I think he wants that nice, solid number next to his name. But then also looking at Nico, too. Man, this guy has a weak chin. Like, most yeah. of his losses are by KO. Yeah. So, and this is Robbie's playground. Robbie's like, listen, my fists are made of concrete. I am going to break your chin in six different places. I'll have you speaking another language after. Honestly, I think I, I – like, Bro, I'm taking Robbie Lawler in this one. Despite the veteran, despite I think his gas tank is kind of deplenished after the second round. Like, bro, Robbie's barely standing in the third. Unless he's standing and swinging. He's not really moving much, though. <laughs> so, but with that being said, I do think I'm going to go with Robbie on this one. Yeah. No, nah, you got to go with Robbie. It's, I don't think Price can take him out. And if you can't take him out no. and he makes it a war, the crowd, man. You know, every single person in there is going to be cheering for Robbie. Oh, 100%. Right. Especially if, that if it sway is. The judges, I don't, I don't know what what, right? Hey, like Burt Watson said, you never let it go to the judges. Unless you're famous. Unless you're Robbie Lawler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every time, just stand around and run. They'd be like, oh, perfect. <laughs> and that across the board. <laughs> BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. All right, let's, let's, let's look at one of the big fights on the card now. Robert Whitaker, a.k.a. Bobby Knuckles, versus, oh my God, this name, Drikus Duplessis. So Drikus Duplessis. Bobby Knuckles versus Drikus Duplessis. 
Now, Bobby Knuckles, as we know, middleweight. Uh, Israel Adesanya's not boogeyman, but uh, was feared to be boogeyman for a little bit. But with the nickname like the Reaper, you can kind of understand why. So Bobby Knuckles stands at six feet tall. His wingspan is 73.5 inches, currently on a one-fight win streak, hailing from New Zealand, fun fact. And he has wins over Marvin Vittori, lost to Israel Adesanya, who's the champion, by the way, so don't worry. Smashed up Kevin Gasla, made Jared Cannonier look silly. Darren Till, again, lost to Israel Adesanya. And just, like, smashed your Rio Romero, Derek Brunson, Uriah Hall. Like, this guy's just... Bobby Knuckles has only lost to the best of the best. Yeah, he's former champion. Legitimately, right? So... What's what's the difference in size with Rickus Duplessis? Ooh, Rickus Duplessis is... Six foot one. A little taller. But his reach is 76 inches. Pretty significant. Significant, but not super significant. Right. He's on a seven-fight win streak, and his last ones were against Derek Brunson. Yeah, Derek Brunson, Darren Till, Brad Tavares. He had a lot of cancellation bouts happening. Kevin Gasson had to pull out. Chris Curtis had to pull out. Yeah, so those are the only two like significant names on his win sheet right now. So this is definitely a test for him. Yeah, I'd say I, I, like Brunson's significant, right? So the win over Brunson is big. It's like it's like Oliveira's win over Dariush. It was that kind of fight, right? We, we were all hoping Dariush would win, and that way it justifies him getting a title shot. For Duplessis, beating Brunson was like saying, "Oh, wow, so you're legit." Mm. The win over Till and the win over Tavares, those are tough guys, but they're not great mixed martial artists. They're just tough guys. So exactly. those were good wins, but they're not the wins that get you a title shot. A lot of people wanted to see Duplessis actually fight Adesanya next because Adesanya doesn't have that many available opponents at middleweight. Mm-hmm. But the UFC decided, you know what, we've got a spot coming up for Whitaker. Let's see what he can do against Whitaker. And I think that was the harshest thing to do to Duplessis. I do not think <laughs> I do not think Duplessis is going to take out Whitaker. I think Whitaker's too much of a veteran. He's too smart in there. And even though Duplessis has a little bit of a size advantage, Adesanya has a significant size advantage over Whitaker. And Whitaker finds a way with that sort of step jab and that almost lunging hook that he has to cover distance very quickly. And I don't think Duplessis is ready for that. Plus, Duplessis looks like he gets tired halfway through the second round of every fight he's in and Whitaker has a gas tank they go five so I like Whitaker here so Whitaker most of his wins so he, Whitaker has nine wins by KO TKO and ten wins by decision yeah. so it's going to go the distance or he's going to knock you out those are the only two he's lost three times and be a decision one of those by to Israel Adesanya so I don't even know if that really counts per se obviously <laughs> it does but you know what I mean yeah. it's just Adesanya and he's just a freak and then one of his TKOs was also to Adesanya so if you want to kind of remove championship bouts, this guy has only lost once to TKOs and twice to decision and once to submission. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to go with Bobby Knuckles on this. He's, I think he's going to win. I don't think it's going to go the distance. I think it's a round three finish. Oh, you're thinking he's getting the finish here. Oh, he's, he's TKOing. He's putting, he's putting Dorikas back to sleep. Oh, that's a gutsy pick, man. That's a gutsy pick. I, I like I like Whitaker by decision, actually. But yeah, I okay. mean, I, I can see it. Like I said, Dirkus looks like he gets tired. Although even when he gets tired, he still has those haymakers. So we'll see. I, I think it's up to it's up to Whitaker to decide if he wants to go for the finish and be a little risky, or if he wants to just secure the victory once he's got the you know the lead and by the end of round two. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yes, we will. All right. 
Oh, we're coming up to Kobe. Alexander Pantoja versus Brendan Moreno. Who do you want to talk about? I'm going to go with Alexander first. Okay, let's start with Pantoja. Let's start with the challenger. So, nicknamed the Cannibal. First off, I just think that's one of the coolest nicknames alive. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at five foot five inches with a reach of sixty eight inches. Currently on a three fight win streak, fighting for the UFC. Obviously, his last three wins were against Alex Perez, Brendan Royval, and Manal Cape. So, with Cape, it was unanimous decision. With Brendan, it was a rear naked choke, and with Alex Perez, it was a rear naked choke. So, this guy's submissions in the last couple rounds. His most of his wins are by TKO. He has zero losses. He has eight wins by TKO. He has 10 wins by submission. He's never tapped either. The only time he's ever lost was decision. So this tells me this guy gets a little sloppy when it comes to the third round. But this is a championship bout, so will he even make it to the fifth round? Ooh, I don't know. I think it'll go the distance. I really do. Uh, so uh, the one thing you didn't mention that's really key here is Pantoja has a win over Moreno. Okay, So even ooh. though Moreno is the, the champion, He's a flyweight champion right now, and he is well-rounded and mm-hmm. endless gas tank, and he can take a shot, too, which is going to be key in this. Yep. Pantoja's got the win over him, so he's going to have that little bit of a psychological advantage over him, although I don't think that's that much of a factor here. I think the real factor here is that Moreno is the better striker, but Pantoja might make this an ugly, gritty fight. Yes, I was just about to bring that up, too. And if he does that, I think he'll go the distance. I think that's the difference, right? If he's able to mix in a lot of grappling, a lot of takedowns, a lot of pressure against the the cage, then it'll go the distance and neither guy will take out the other because they're just both of them too resilient. This is a real coin flip to me. I really Mm -hmm. like Brandon Moreno. I also like Alexander Pantoja, but making a pick here, (laughs) I'm not touching it, man. I'm not touching this fight. (laughs) So Brandon Moreno, the babyface assassin, we're just going to do a tail of the tape real quick. So this dude is five foot seven, so he's two inches taller. He has a reach of seventy inches. That's that's quite significant in this in this division. Yeah. Or two win streak against Davison Figueroa, who was the champion, which we know they had that war where it yeah. was a win loss win for him. Kai Cara France, yeah. which that was an amazing thing. Liver kick. Oh, that was an awesome win. As you said, he's lost to Davison Figueroa, which that's okay. There was a draw to Davison Figueroa because it's, I, I I literally it's just. Davidson Figueroa was a beast in himself, the Correct. beast incarnate. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I but, think. But that's a different fight, right? Figueroa is a different fight. Figueroa, it's it's striker versus striker. Yes. That's really what it is, right? And both of them will mix in takedowns just to keep you honest. Mm-hmm. But this is more of a striker versus grappler. So do you want something really crazy? Yeah. Brandon Moreno has lost twice to Alexander Patoja. Oh, it's twice. Yeah, once was in the Ultimate Fighter Contender Series in Season 24 by Rear Naked Choke, and again on UFC Fight Night 129 by unanimous decision. Ah, uh, okay. So, and I think you'll you'll probably get better odds than Pantoja. So, just for the odds, I would probably go get with Pantoja. You know what? I might do that too. And that's it. So, do you think this is kind of like the, I guess, flyweight's version of Israel Adesanya versus uh, Alex Pereira? Okay, so what I think this might be, you'll have to look it up. Yep. But what is Pantoja's record against Figueredo? Pantoja's record against Figueredo. Give me two. He's lost to Figgy once, and that's it. This could be the flyweight's version of rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> right? Yeah, it could be. Jesus. Moreno beats Figueredo. Figueredo beats Pantoja, but Pantoja beats Moreno. <laughs> 
it could be that. I mean, we'll, we'll find out, right? We're going to find out. <laughs> if Moreno does not get the win over Pantoja, then that's literally what it feels like to me. So could we potentially see just the belt changing hands like every fight to a different dude of those three? Unless one that makes a significant <laughs> adjustment. Yeah. Oh, actually, I think the UFC would love that, but also hate that at the same time. <laughs> that's right. So you know what? I'm going to bet on Alexander Pantoja just because I want the money in return. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going because to me it's a coin flip. But I think I think you're going to get better odds. So basically, my bet is whoever gives you better odds. Actually, you know what the safe bet is? Fight goes the distance. Mm. There's the fun. There's the bet for you. Yeah, fight goes the distance. Let's right do over it. over four and a half rounds, or whatever it is they offer you on your betting platform. That's that's the bet to go with. That this fight goes as long as it can. Take that one. Oh, take it now. This fight. Main event. Main event. Yari Rodriguez versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus on the Mother Mary Mose Mountain. Okay. So, Rodriguez. Tail the tape. Featherweight, as we know. 145 pounds. 5 feet, 11 inches. Tall for a featherweight. Tall for a featherweight. His reach is 71 inches. Hesto Cristo. All right. He's currently riding a two-fight win streak. He's beaten Josh Emmett. He's, lost, he's beaten Brian Ortega. He lost to Max Holloway, which again... Max Holloway was a champ at one point. That's not a bad loss to have. That was a war, too. That was a war. That was a unanimous decision. on a. F- I was on a fight night, too. That should have been a main card, like, on a... That should have been on a, on a... Yeah, on a main card on a UFC night, not a fight night. That was too good. So now he's facing good old Alexander Volkanovsky, who is, as we know, the champion, the boogeyman of this division, the great. This man comes in at five foot six, so the shorter one, but that's something he's used to. Yeah. He's 71.5 for a wingspan. So they're about even. Yeah. His current, uh, he, he lost just recently to Islam Makachev. Can't count that. He, he went to lightweight for it. He went up a, he went up a division, which is cool. Um, he's beaten Max Holloway more times than I care to count. Uh, <laughs> then he's beaten <laughs> Chan, uh, smashed Brian Ortega, which Brian Ortega almost won. Yeah. Almost won with that head. He's beaten Jose Aldo, Derek Elkins. He's beaten everyone. Beaten everybody. His only other loss was to Corey Nelson, and that was in like a years ago, back in 2013, when he was still new. So, actually, let's see what Corey Nelson's up to. But anyways, that could have even been at a higher weight class, eh? It it could have been. I'm not sure what weight what that fight was at, but it could be a higher weight class. Well, Corey's fighting at welterweight currently. Well, there you go. So it probably was a higher weight class. Yeah. So maybe cut down now and just absolutely just destroying people. Yeah. But we don't know. Anyways, so between those two people, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky and Yare Rodriguez, who do you have? You got to go with Volk, man. Like you have to. It's there's there's no evidence to suggest otherwise. Sure, Yair Rodriguez is fun to watch, and he's got some impressive striking, like video game style striking. Yeah. But Volkanovsky is just too perfect everywhere, mm-hmm. and he's too technically superior. Right, he doesn't really make mistakes anymore. Just doesn't. No. And I think at, at featherweight, he's just too powerful. Like I don't know, man. I I would love to see Ayer Rodriguez win this, but no way. It's not going to happen. You, you got to go with Volkanovski here. I think Volkanovski's going to have the title until he retires, or leaves the division, or leaves the division, which we covered. Yeah. On a different episode. Yeah, which I think will happen. I think he gets the win and he leaves. I don't think we ever see him fight a featherweight again. I do think he... Mm, 
I think he. I don't know if he's going to leave or he wants to get like a a champ champ status. Well, it will be champ champ if he leaves and wins, say lightweight. I don't think you need to have both belts at the same time. I think that's seriously overrated, (laughs) right? And 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 realistically, the UFC doesn't even really do that anymore. No, they don't. Right? Just the fact that Yair Rodriguez comes in as the interim champ because Volkanovski had one fight at lightweight tells you they, they don't do that anymore. Right? It's, it's, you leave the division, okay, you leave your, your friggin' belt behind. If you win another belt, you get to say that, hey, I've had belts in two different divisions. And that's basically champ-champ status. That is. It's, it also doesn't hold up the division either. Yeah. Right? So I think that's, that's more likely. I think the best case scenario for the UFC is Jair Rodriguez wins this fight. That would be the best case scenario. Sure, Volkanovski would want a rematch, but maybe Jair takes one fight before that. And then maybe Volkanovski leaves. And if you have Jair Rodriguez as, as champion at that point, it opens up a lot of different fights available to it. So that would be the best case for yeah. the UFC, but I think Volkanovski just wins this. I just think he's too much for, for anyone right now in the division. I think you are correct. And if Yara wins, I don't know. I feel like Max Holloway might come knocking on the door pretty quick. We'll of course see. he would. Of course he would. But I, <laughs> I seriously think I think Yair Rodriguez has, a, has matured a bit since that fight. Probably. I think he would go into his next fight against Holloway with a very different game plan. But maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to see that fight, but maybe we won't. We'll see. Hopefully we do. I think it'd be a great fight. Yes, indeed. I'm going to give you three bets, my three favorite bets for this particular card. Okay. Okay. So, bet number one. It's mm-hmm. not a fight we talked about, but we have discussed it on previous episodes again. So everyone knows every single Friday episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters podcast is going to cover mixed martial arts. So if you are a fan of the fight game, we're also going to cover boxing. Definitely tune in every single Friday for our episodes. And on the previous episode, we had talked about Bo Nickel versus Trayshawn Gore. I believe we had discussed yep. it. Actually, I discussed it with um, Liam McGrath from MMA Fanalytics, and both of us like Bo Nickel in that fight, and we both believe he'll go for the finish. So I like Bo Nickel to get the finish against Trayshawn Gore. I'm with you on that. I want Bo Nickel to win. I think he is going to win, and I'm going to be more specific. It's not leaving the first round. Okay, so you, and I think it's submission. So you're gonna, I'm going to say Bo Nickel by submission. You're going to say Bo Nickel first round by submission. Yeah. That will probably get you a pretty good return if you, if you make that bet. When I make the bet. <laughs> Another bet I like. My next bet. Uh, let's go with something that's likely to get you a pretty good return. Yeah. Because it's five rounds, I'm going to go with the Brandon Moreno versus Alexander Pantoja to go the distance. Now, you may get, again, like I said, some some cards could offer you, you know, over four and a half rounds. If you can find a card that offers you over three and a half rounds for a decent return, that's a bet you have to make, in my opinion. Right? Both these guys are going three rounds for sure. Mm -hmm. So I like that one. That's another one of my bets. And then uh, I think Alexander Volkanovsky is a lock. So Volkanovsky to win. (laughs) I'm going to throw it. You're not going to get the best return, but you're going to get a return. Well, for fight fans, this one might go a little unnoticed. Kobe, you and I didn't talk about this one. However, this one has been on my radar a little bit. And this is for our lady fighters out there. Yasmin Jaguri versus Denise Gomes. Okay, so we have two fighters. Yasmin is undefeated. Yep, undefeated at 10 and 0. And then we have her opponent, who's no small feat either, at 7 and 2. Now, here is the thing that really kind of tickles my fancy when it comes to this fight. Okay, so... Mrs. Yasmin 
finishes everybody except for three decisions. Okay. Seven of them have come TKO and five of those seven have come first round TKO. Oh, so okay. I am going to quick math there. Yeah. So I am going to go with Yasmin first round TKO. Oh, another big return. Yeah, there you go. And because because Kobe, it's an undercard. Nobody's really going to pay attention to it. You could have like amazing – it depends where you bet from. You could have either like amazing returns or trash returns. But most likely it's going to be an amazing return. So Yasmin, first round, TKO. Or if you want to play a little safe, just say Yasmin, TKO. It'll be fine too. Okay, there's one fight that also involves a couple of fighters we didn't talk about. And I don't know that much about them, but I find it to be kind of an interesting matchup geographically. Okay? There you go. And that's – Cameron Samen versus Terrence Mitchell. This is on the early prelims. Yep. Now, does Terrence Mitchell, does he have a fight in the UFC? I, I, I don't even know if he does. Does he have a UFC fight? Uh, this gentleman does not. It's his, it is his first debut fight in the UFC. He's fighting in Alaska for most of the time. Yeah. So, that yeah, he's the number one rated <laughs> yep. fighter. Alaskan fighter? Yeah, in his, in his weight class. He's, the, he's their top guy. This is bantamweight, too. You don't really know anything about him, right? No. Whereas uh, Cameron has fought in the UFC a couple of times. He's like done nothing but win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because of that, he'll probably be seen as the favorite here. But, I mean, Alaska is a tough place. I've been there. <laughs> it's, of course you have. It's a pretty tough place, <laughs> right? It's a pretty tough place. So I actually want to see this guy come in on his UFC debut and get the W. So I, I may place a bet on him without knowing that much or anything really about him yeah. to get the win. So I want to see this guy show up. Man, this card is so good. I freaking love it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Let us know who you're going to be betting on. Yeah. Reach out to us on social media, right? We've got Twitter, multiple TikToks. Instagram. Instagram, (laughs) (laughs) right? Just reach out. Let us know who you're watching, which fights you're pumped about, what bets you're making. Yep. I'm looking forward to this card. Can't wait for it. Big time, man. This is going to be awesome. Until next time. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website, www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience. Where no sport is left behind.